0: My name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in, like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Hey. Season two, season two, season two. Hey, people. Hey, guys. How are you? Today, we're going to start our episode with something really exciting. First of all, thank you, Granny Franny, for our really warm Really cute socks. We're very excited to wear them. Yeah. We love love receiving gifts, especially socks. That's really <laughs> nice of you. Thank you. And Thank you. number two, we want to play you guys something really exciting from our friend Amani. Amani is a girl that we met from North Carolina, and she's going to be coming on this season to share her episode, to share her story. So she's allowing us to play her song that she wrote about the church. So keep listening. Keep listening for that and then join us after for the rest of the episode. And don't sue us. Oh, and also don't sue us. Bye. Bye.
1: I had to turn around Cause I was in the wrong direction A lonely path without protection While only using fear and guilt and not love to motivate me Now I'm trying my hardest to undo your damage You took advantage of my obedience Gotta reclaim my power, made my sweetness sour, then stole my flowers, now I'm replanting them. Watch me still continue on growing. 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 Continue on growing. Continue on growing. Continue on growing Continue on growing Continue on Continue on growing You said I'd be invited as a guest without a fee But never valued my heart My worth was measured by my deeds Said you'd give me my side But your truth was blinding Justifying your behavior while manipulating me watch me still continue on growing in the field you said no, we worth sowing. no longer need approval cause i know it i owned it i loaned it but you stole it you told me i would, you change. Me I would change oh if i went astray Just a fake. You told me I would change Oh, if I went away Oh, and now I'm just a way you were just a fake You told me I would change Oh, if I went away. the faith you said i'd be possessed but love is my only possession you try to limit my perception but reality is that the truth always was inside me on to grow continue on to flow and show love without motives watch me still continue on to flow continue on to grow and show love without motives
0: where's my lighter season two everybody welcome 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 we're here we're doing it i got my voice back hi Lindsay. your voice is back thank god yay yay we're we're ready to record we're gonna talk about some history guys i love history (laughs) love history so much it's so important you're just such a dork sometimes I know. You guys, well first of all, let's catch everybody up on what's been going on. The podcast has been really fun. It's been so much fun. Oh yeah. We never, we never thought it'd be going on for this long. I mean I thought we'd just like put a few little episodes out there into the universe. But you know, it's turned into something really cool. It has. Um, Tony, do you remember off the top of your head how many countries we got on there? Is it eight? I feel like it's eight or nine. Eight or nine countries are listening. And like thirty states. Yeah, it's very cool. Over 30 states. I think it was like 31 or 32 states and lots and lots of countries and states. And, um, you know, we've been getting a lot of good feedback and a lot of emails and stuff like that. So that's been really fun. But can I tell you guys something? Um, I'm getting scared. Like the more that the podcast is growing, the more I'm getting nervous about like any type of retaliation or like, or anything like that. So, you know, it's kind of, uh, kind of ties into what we're gonna talk about today because when I start getting scared like that, I have to remind myself that like other cults and other religions and organizations use those same type of scare tactics, you know, and that it's not something only unique to my church. And so that, that like helps me. Good. Don't be scared. And also maybe be scared. Because the more that we're finding out. Maybe be scared. The maybe the creepier it gets. No, I don't know. I mean, I just feel, I just feel sad about like hurting people's feelings and stuff like that. Or like, you know. I don't feel bad about that because I don't know any of them. So that's definitely, like, more of your experience. The more that I find out about, like, stuff that I don't really understand what it is, that makes me nervous because I don't want to accidentally be poking at something that's, like, way bigger than I can see. Right. That that shit scares me because I'm like, uh, I don't want to accidentally mention something that is actually, like, a way bigger deal or uncrack something, you know. I just have to remember, like, they don't really have power, like, like, one of the things that sometimes loops into my mind is like, what if they're right? And what if I'm wrong? Yeah. And like, and so I just have to remember that they do not have the authority of God. You know, God is not speaking to them. And God is not giving them power to, you know, give salvation or take salvation away. And so I don't need to be afraid. Yeah, you don't need to mine's be. more like a fear of like spiritual damnation, you know, yeah. but also like a fear of, you know, being sued or a fear of being like followed and stuff. Like I know in Scientology, that's one of the things that they do is they really try to intimidate people. And this is also something that this church is known to do. And, um, you know, I just don't want to ha- I just don't want to I'm just scared of that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so we're going to. um Today we're gonna to talk about Korea. And we're gonna talk about, you know, the history of Korea. The church that I went to was founded in Korea, and um, so there's a lot of churches that were founded around the same time as this church, and a lot of like uh, cult leaders around the same exact time. So you know, it kind of makes you wonder why. Why Korea? Why is this happening? You know, all all at, at once, you know, yeah, really. let me just throw it out there that we are not historians, but we are we are history lovers and readers. And um, so we did a little bit of research. OK, guys, a little bit of research just to sort of get a context. OK, because history is important. History is important. Let me repeat it again, because. There's a lot of stuff happening in the world and people do not know history, you know, and like one of the things even that the church would talk about is history repeats itself, history repeats itself, but it's true. And like, if we don't learn from history, then it will continuously repeat itself. So anyway, anyway, we need to have a broader idea of the context of what was happening in Korea. and and because Christianity in Korea is very interesting and it's very, um, it has an uncommon story. So, Actually Korea was ruled by Japan. And this is a little bit later than what you're talking about. Like ni- around 1910-1945. From 1910 to 1945, Korea was ruled by the Japanese. Okay guys, but the Japanese were not nice to the Koreans. Yeah. It was really um Here, Wait, yeah. go back go back before. I think it's important to say in the late 1800s is when the Christian missionaries started coming over. Right. So they were introducing South or Korea at the time. Right, right. Uh, they were introducing the concept of Christianity for really like the first time. So this right. like Buddhist tribal shamanism and they, philosophies. Philosophy, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were um. So this is like the first time in like the 1800s. Right. That they uh, that they were being taught like biblical Christianity exposed to things, right? And I was actually reading so Seventh Day Adventists came into Korea in 19 around 1901 Jehovah witnesses came into Korea around 1912 Mormons came in 1956 and the pentecostals came in in 1937 and so those were like from christian missionaries that yeah. came over okay so then anyway after that so i'm really interested in the time of japanese rule because this is a time that ansangho was born and he is the leader of the Church of God, which is the church that I go to. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of that church. okay? because he was born in 1918. So Japan ruled from 1910 to 1945. But like we said, they were not nice. So they took away, you know, all the Koreans freedom and they forced all the Koreans to learn Japanese. And they also forced like some of the severe. Cases, they would force the Koreans to take Japanese names, and they were trying to get rid of the Korean. They're really, really trying to get rid of the Korean language and trying to get rid of the uh, Korean names, and you know, trying to make it Japanese. So that was actually one thing that the church used to justify that this was the truth, because An Sang-hong was born in 1918. Okay. Let me just explain this a little bit. Japanese, the uh, the Japanese invasion during that time, they were trying to force that name to be erased from history. But see, that's important because of the time of Jesus. I don't know if you know this history. At the time of Jesus, when he was born, um, the devil sent out. Um, you know, somebody to kill Jesus. So then they had to like escape over to Egypt, right? They had to. I mean, actually, why they were after after Joseph and Mary was because Joseph was a immigrant, but right. It wasn't. It wasn't because of Jesus. It was because Joseph was breaking the law and living illegally in Egypt. Okay. An angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, telling him to flee to Egypt because the king. Mm. I don't know why I was going to say emperor. That's what the word I was looking for. King Herod wanted to seek him to kill him because he like, so the story that the church says anyway, is that, you know, Satan was stirred up to try to kill all the firstborn. And so he was trying to kill Jesus when, after Jesus was born. Okay. Are you with me? Yeah. Okay. So, so Satan was stirred up to kill Jesus when he was a baby because he wanted to stop Jesus's work. So pretty much you're saying the same thing as like, satan wanted to like destroy on song Hong first of all from being born and also from having his name be out there because he was god right anyway so so that was very um i feel like i'm not explaining it you do you understand what i'm saying no i know what you're saying because i know the teaching so so Part of the doctrine of your church. Okay, let me just explain this and then I'll go back and talk about it when I explain the church. How's that? So they were forced to have Japanese style names instead of Korean names. So they just wanted to wipe out the whole Korean language and Korean culture and all that. Make it Japanese. They got uh, newspapers, magazines in Korean were banned. So after World War II, after 1945, um, you know, uh Jap- Japanese fell or whatever, right? So Korea got... Its independence back but well, then after that well they're not really independence no wait sorry i think you should also point out that the japanese were also forcing shinto on them the religion shinto? shinto is like the traditional japanese philosophy It's like they're very like their version of like uh, religion through like the japanese culture And so that was why so many people at that time were flocking to Christianity because they didn't want anything to do with the Japanese. Right. Because Shinto was being forced on them by like the the Japanese occupation. Sure. Yeah. So after the Japanese occupation, then they were like, we don't want anything to do with Japan. Yeah. We don't want anything to do with China, the Soviet Union or anything. So who did they look to? Good old Americans and good old Western culture and Western religion. And so, yeah, like you said, they just really like clung to that as um, a way of just getting away from the Japanese occupation. So there's a whole long story about Korean history. And then eventually in 1953, the UN, uh, they signed the armistice, which is where they made that agreement between North and South Korea. That technically they're still in a war between North and South Korea, but you know they have like, An agreement that they're not gonna you know physically fight right now yeah so they're kind of like in a pause (laughs) in a break (laughs) but anyway so they have like a ceasefire right now but christianity in korea is so prominent i mean everywhere you go there is literally a christian church on every single like street corner there are crosses all over the place because after 1945 that was just the religion. Catholicism in Korea is huge. So during that time, you know, there was extreme poverty, you know, that during from like that 1910, from from that time, 1945, extreme poverty, extreme, like cruelty. So what was happening is that people were growing up with apocalyptic beliefs. They were growing up thinking that the end of the world was imminent because to them it was, you know, like if you think about, you know, 1920s, 1930s, there was like no media. There was no, uh, not no media, but like, you know, they had like. They were in there like isolated. Yes, very, very isolated. They were occupied by Japan. Mm -hmm. They were. Yeah. No information coming in. So a lot of these people grew up believing that they were living in the end of the world, which I think is important because during that time, a lot of people came out. A lot of men came out proclaiming themselves as messiahs. So I want to kind of just give you guys an idea of some of these people that came out. And then we're going to talk very specifically about three of the main churches in Korea. uh, That are very dominant, Uh, but. But so many men were born during this time in Korea that came out as apocalyptic Bible teachers and started their own, you know, quote unquote cults. So we have Sun Myung Moon. So he's a leader of the Moonies and we're going to talk about him. He was born in 1920 in Korea. We have Ahn Sang Hong. He was born in 1918. He's the leader of the Church of God. We have Lee Man He. He was born in 1931 and he's a leader of Shin Chun Ji. We're going to talk about that more. And then we have Yu Byong Yun. He actually got the domain for god.com which is hilarious. <laughs> um, he founded an evangelical Baptist church and he uh, he was actually born in Japan in 1941 but all of his work was done in Korea. So he moved over to Korea and did all of his, you know, cult work over there. And so he was like a like a Business guy, and he he actually went to jail, I think, for all kinds of money fraud and money laundering. In 1987, he was connected to a mass suicide in Seoul, and uh, so that was really interesting. And then I don't know if you remember this in 2014, a ferry capsized in Korea. And it ended up being a business that he owned that was owned by him. And like he was cutting all these corners and not following the rules. And um, I think he got in trouble for that, too. I remember when that happened because you were in the church and you were like, Mm. see, the world of the uh, the eyes of the world are on Korea right now. Right. It was like a big deal that something like a tragic, tragic and big had happened there and that everybody was like talking about the news in Korea. I want to go back to that point. okay, because that's a good point. Yeah. So. So that's him. So he's very corrupt. And then you have Ook, I'm sorry, Aksu Park. He was born in 1944 in Seoul and he started the Good News Mission. And he wrote a book called The Secret of Forgiveness of Sins and Being Born Again. And the reason why that is important is because An Sang Hong also wrote a book. Um, I don't know. No, I actually didn't write a book, but one of their main studies is called The Secret of Forgiveness of Sins. Exactly the same word. So I thought that was really interesting. Then we have David. Yonggi Cho, and I'm sure that I am just not even saying these words correctly. Please forgive me. He was born in 1936 and he actually died recently in September of 2021. He was a co-founder with his mommy. Well, oh, I'm sorry, with his mommy in law, his mother in law, <laughs> of um it's called the Yodo Yo Yoido Full Gospel Church, a uh, part of Assemblies of God, and it is the world's largest congregation. Christian congregation, the world's largest Christian congregation. They have over, well, they say they have over 830,000 members. So they also have a lot of mega churches in Korea, huge mega churches. And this Pentecostal mega church is worth millions and millions of dollars. So this is a very profitable business for these people. Okay, so, oh, and here's another one. Nah, Ong he was born in 1914. He died in 2009. He founded uh, the Yang Mun San Prayer Mountain, and he also proclaimed himself to be Christ. Uh, this later turned into the Olive Tree Church, which I think is um, still prominent out there. So. These are this is a handful of men who were born Around that time of Japanese occupation, started these apocalyptic groups. Okay, so let me read you. I want to read you guys like a list of all these things that I generally found to be similar between all of those churches. Okay, let me just read you a quick look. Okay, they're all apocalyptic. They're all Bible-based Christian churches. Okay, that's a main thing. Bible-based. Okay, Um, focusing repetitive Bible study. Campus evangelizing—that is something that is very prominent. Campus evangelizing, um, revelation, studying revelation, studying prophecy, studying about one hundred and forty-four thousand. Um, having some kind of church organization, you know, like a there's a pastor, there's a deacon, there's a missionary, there's you know regular members like that. Um, early prayers. Having feasts and having some type of ceremonies that they all do together, um, focusing on globalization and spreading the message throughout the whole world. A lot of them really wanted to go to America and spread the, their message in America and really military strict style. So these are some of the things that I just thought was fascinating that every single one of these things, they just all sort of, fi- you know, follow this same this same style it's crazy I think this historical study for you is so important,
1: important for,
0: like for your process of leaving I feel like this is like the thing that did it for you as you came out because you know and it's different for everybody like what it is that's going to really like comfort them but I feel right. like it's comforting to you to find this all out because you've been told and thought for so long like your church is the only true and as I've seen you sort of like research this and study it you it's a good it's like rewiring your brain to say like uh so many different religions have so many of the same concepts that your church has that it makes your church like feel less special. I'm telling you, I'm shocked yeah." I was shocked. shocked. It was like so huge for you. Like this is like your process of consuming all of the historical knowledge that you can of all of these. Yes, it is so because when you're in there, you think that you're chosen by the one and only true God of the Bible that has been there for 6,000 years. You know, like you just feel so special and so chosen. And let me tell you why they're so brilliant, because they group all the churches as Babylon. And I'm doing a quote, okay? Do you know what Babylon is? Yeah, I do. In the, right. Well, there was like an actual literal Babylon and in, in like a physical Babylon. There's a spiritual Babylon which is really just controlled by the devil deceiving all the people. Anyway, in their eyes Babylon is any church that pretty much is not keeping the Sabbath day and not keeping the Passover and all that. So that's all the Christian churches. So when you're in there, you automatically like you don't really research cults because in your opinion, they're all cults except for you. So like you don't really research the Moonies or Shincheonji or any of these churches, because when you're in there, they're all the same. Shincheonji is the same as the Catholics, as the same as the Baptists, is the same as Pentecostal. Like they all look the same because they're all Babylon. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So like you never actually like you're like, yeah, I've heard of I've heard of the Moonies. Yeah, they're a cult, you know, like that's what, just kind of what you say, because they don't keep Sabbath But like you never actually investigate their doctrine until you leave, you know, like you're never really given that opportunity. So then when I got out and then I saw like really specific things about their doctrines, I was like, oh, my God. The same. they're using exactly the same Bible verses yeah. they're, they're so crazy. so similar and you guys next time we're going to do another episode about other cults outside of korea so we're going to talk about like um i want to talk to you guys about armstrong church um and uh, herbert armstrong because a lot of his doctrines are very very similar yeah that was fascinating i had that's an american church yeah. I haven't heard about that until like two days, like over the weekend. And I was yeah. like, what the heck? This is so weird. Because, you know, obviously the Korean churches are so similar, but to find a like American based church that follows so much of, of how your church was, that was weird. Right. That was, right. that was, that was interesting. Right. But yeah, so many. I mean, all of the cult. Right. Like, I want to talk a little bit about Waco, Seventh day Adventist, all that stuff, you yeah. know. Because those are all—it's the same exact thing, but but specifically in Korea, I was just shocked when I saw, you know, all these things happen. So, do you want to talk about some of these churches? You guys, I'm just going to tell you the history of the church that I was in. I'm just going to talk about the history, okay? Um, all of this is available online. You know, you can you can look at the history, but I think Google it's important. Scholar. Go to Google Scholar and put in the name of the church, which will right <laughs> so so let me tell you about the founder because i think that for the context of the history it's important to understand um on song hong was born in 1918 in korea okay and he was born to buddhist parents so he's born in the middle of this you know of this persecution and poverty i mean extreme poverty extreme extreme poverty um Born to Buddhist parents, and then when when he got older, he went to the Seventh-day Adventist church with his mom and um, stayed there for a long time. So he was heavily, heavily influenced by Seventh-day Adventist church teachings, which we're going to talk about later. Um, Later, he was excommunicated from the Seventh-day Adventist church in 1962, um, apparently because of his beliefs about idolatry. I think it was because of his beliefs about a lot of other things, but um, he had a strong belief that crosses are idols. And um, so they didn't like that. And so he was excommunicated and he established his own church in 1964. And at that time, the church was called um, witnesses of Jesus Christ. Witnesses of Jesus Church of God. That was the name of the church. Okay. Then in 1985, he died unexpectedly. He died. And when he died, there was a division in the church. So his wife, An Sang Hong wife and his children, they kept all of An Sang Hong's writings and teachings because he wrote many books when he was alive. And they started the New Covenant Passover Church of God. Well, there were other people in the group after he died. Ju, Ju cho Kim and Zhang Gil Ja, okay, Ju cho Kim is a general pastor. Zhang Gil Ja is she was a missionary at that time, but they had a meeting in Seoul after he died, and they decided that Zhang Gil Ja would become would be called Mother God and that she would be mother. They believe that An song Hong taught that she was God the mother, and that Ju Cho Kim would be um, the general pastor. and then they named that church witnesses of An song home church of God. So there was a break in the church after he died. And when I'm researching these other churches, I'm seeing that that's very um, common for there to be, you know, after somebody dies after the leader dies and they're like, Oh shit. Now what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's what happened. Then um, in the late 1990s, they actually um, changed their name again. A third time to world mission society, church of God. You did it. There you go. You did it. That's the name of the church because they changed their mission. So now they were going to have a global worldwide mission. So from the 1990s, I think like late 1990s, 1997, 1998, that's when they came to America. That's when they started their like worldwide preaching all over the world. And so since then, they've just been, you know, they've just been going strong and setting up their churches all over, setting up house churches and churches and like that. So that's the history of the church. Now Zongil is she's pretty old. She's in her, I think, late 70s. So um what will happen when she dies, I do not know. I, I don't think she's know. older, Tony. I think she's like 80. Maybe, maybe. Because she was in her seventies, early eighties when when that's I pointed out to you, like I don't like do you think that they'll tell you guys when she does die? Right. What will you do? if she does die and the church keeps going, like, will you leave then? Cause I was very curious. to like what they're going to do too. That was like, that was my worry is that she would die and they would be able to get, you know, but they never talk about that. Like, even yeah. though it seems yeah. like a good, right. That's even though it's a good question, like, like who's going to take over after she dies. Um, you know, the whole point is that 144,000 are supposed to go to heaven alive with God. So, I think the insinuation is that she will not die, but also, you know, the insinuation was that Aung San Hong would not die. I mean, there, uh, there's a lot of things, but um, he wrote a book. They called it the Green Book. And in that one of the chapters in that book, he talks about how, you know, um, 144,000 will go alive in this generation with God, you know, but then he died and so that's very interesting and then they actually ended up taking that chapter out of the book and then republishing the book and there's all different new newer versions of the book so I, you know I, I just realized something while you were in the church did you know about the division of on sung hong's family and and mother you didn't know that so i, I didn't know that until when the there was a deaconess that came out we had the meetings about where we've talked about it before uh, some people, uh, some of our guests have called it the great exodus. It was like around 2011, 2012. But that was one of her things that she discovered because wow. the new covenant Passover church of God has the rights to on Hong's material, like legally. And so when you go to their website, they have all of his information. And so that's shocking because you're like, that's our God. That's our Christ. That's our Savior. Why does that church have it on there? So we were really confused. So then, of course, there's an answer for everything. Yeah. So, you know, our pastor got us together and explained. And then after that, it wasn't really a secret anymore. They just explained it. You know? And, you know, they can explain it. You know? And they say just like it's Babylon. They're like twisting Father's well. Life. No, they just explain it as... You know, they just explain like the division that happened and how they didn't believe that he was God, but mother did believe, you know, and so we you know, we stayed with mother and that was like prophecy in the Bible. Interesting. Yeah. So that's the history of that church. Do you have any questions about that one? Um like I'm your teacher. You oh, I do have one more question. Yeah. So I, I, I found out in my research that um that that your church would celebrate his birthday, death day, God the Father Day, and then Memorial Days. And so I don't really remember if you've ever explained to me hmm. like Okay, well, his, I don't like, know about okay. okay. So what the, so they would celebrate the day of his birth. Uh like it would be like a commemoration service, commemorating his his birth. And I remember that we would usually do like some kind of volunteer activity on that day to like commemorate his birth. We would do something like that. Um, And we would have a service. So they would just have a service where you go, but it could be like on a Tuesday. It could be on a Wednesday or some random day. And you have to be there at 9am, go to the service and then every year, like an actual birthday or was it just randomly uh, like today's? No. So they would go by the sacred calendar. Oh, everything is done by the biblical calendar. So we didn't really have like, a set that's a really good point which i never even thought about like he actually had to have had like a set birthday right yeah but i don't think that no we celebrated it all i think by the biblical calendar i think it's been a while but i'm pretty sure same with mother and then um as far as like his death so they don't call it death they call it his ascension okay his ascension but ascension ascension means that like he went to heaven alive like they believe like jesus ascended quote unquote because his body went to heaven and like you know he left the tomb and like he didn't have a body anymore and his body went to heaven right the whole thing is like on hong died and he's buried and like he's buried next to his wife there's a tomb and everything you can go visit it but they call it ascending and so they'll have a special holy ceremony for that day, too. And I, they fast on that day, too. Okay. Because the Bible says on the day that Christ leaves us, on that day, we should fast. So the day that Jesus was um, crucified, they also fast. So that's part of one part of the feast. Okay. Is the day that he was crucified. That's so like right before Passover, which people celebrate Easter. First Friday. No. Uh, yeah. yeah, they call it Good Friday, which is Good. weird. Yeah. But the day that Jesus was crucified, that's a fast and the same thing. Yeah. So it's pretty much just services. And then and then the day that um, An Song Hong revealed mother, like as a commemoration of that time that supposedly, you know, he pointed that she was mother. They have Heavenly Parents Day. And so that's another day that you have to have off work to come for a service. And then on that day, you have maybe like some special like performances or something like that. OK, so that's the history of the Church of God. OK, I want to talk about the Unification Church just a little bit. There's so much information out about about this church. So this is a sun. This was founded by Sun Myung Moon. And it's also known as the Moonies. They're also known as the Moonies, but their actual name is the Unification Church. And they call him the Reverend Moon. They would call him Reverend Moon. He died. He died in 2012. But. um They would call him Reverend Moon. They believe that he was, you know, second coming Messiah, that he was a second coming Messiah. Um, You guys might have seen them. They're really famous for having mass weddings. Have you ever seen the mass weddings? Like, I think they had a mass wedding at like Madison Square Garden and these huge arenas. And he will literally just match people up to be married. And they believe. So what's interesting about them is. They all so they believe that he is father and that his wife is mother. So they also have a father and a mother. They call themselves true father and true mother, and they're, you know, those are their children. And that's also what the church of God. I mean, so exactly the same. Yeah. Do you know that they own the Washington Times? I do know that now. Yeah, they own the Washington Times. They have really strong political influence. So they they think they started in Korea and then just like you know they wanted to spread throughout the world. So here they are. They came to America. They they went worldwide. And then in America, they just, you know, has so much political influence, especially like right-wing influence. And they said that even on January 6th last year, there were uh, a lot of people from the Unification Church at the at the Capitol at the insurrection. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so they're like right wing extremists, and they have been for a long time. Like they've been, you know, influencing that's politics a long time. Mm-hmm. That's so fascinating that you say uh, right wing because when I hear the Moonies, I I sort of like put that in the box of the like the New Age like 60s 70s, like the hippies, and I don't know if that's accurate or not. That's I don't know true. That's right no, now. you're you're absolutely true. In that moment and that movement. Cover, Everybody was kind of clinging to, like, the newest, yep. most interesting or, like, different religion to, to become part of. Yep, that's exactly okay. what happened. So they spread in the 70s, like, really started spreading in the 70s after after the hippie movement. But, yeah, they're right-wing extremists. I don't know if they started off as that way, but yeah. I think I think they were always political, though. But, yeah, they have been right. I think they were. I feel like Reagan and Nixon, maybe. Yeah, like, invited like, them in. Yeah, yeah, okay. So actually last night to prepare for this episode, I watched a documentary, it was called Blessed Child. It's on Prime, I had to rent it, but it was really good. And it's about a woman leaving the unification church. And I wrote down some things that were really similar to our, uh, to the Church of God, you know. Another thing about them is that they're really anti-LGBTQ. Mm. Um, That's something that, you know, they're really against and that, you know, they want you to really like pray it away or like um you know repent for that stuff like that Lame. and yeah I, but
1: when I, I was
0: when i watched this when i watched this so this lady's name is kara jones and she shows her life in the unification church and coming out of it and it's really sad because she's leaving her family her family is in it her parents are really in it but there were so many similarities so they would kneel when they pray and she would talk about how the the closer they were to the floor the more holier they were. And mm-hmm. that is something that we would do, but that's something from Korea style, like praying on your knees, like earnestly praying on your knees. Is something that we would also do. And that's something that they would do too. So I thought that that was really interesting. And like, also, like you said, like, growing post hippie, so they were really idealistic, believing that everybody could live together. No racism. Everybody can live together with one God, all the nations believing in one God. And that's so counterintuitive to me to be then conservative right-wing insurrectionist. Like, Like, those things don't jive in my brain. The hippie movement and the insurrection. Well... The polar opposites of each other maybe to you but maybe i'm I not know. saying but i'm saying like the conservative people of the 1970s are different than the extreme radicals of now and i think that maybe they just evolved over time with them yeah do you know what i mean like i don't know i mean they're freedom loving you know that's so, why oh and so they also call it not like self-freedom right for okay. sure for sure because when I think of freedom, I think of, like, freedom to, like, live your life truly free. And I guess that does, yeah, I guess I'm having a moment of uh, conflict in my brain of this, too. That my my version of that in my head. See, I don't think that they were hippies, though. I think they were coming out of the hippie era. Okay. Did you know what i'm saying like they're coming because this is a 1970s so they're coming out of that this is the cult that steve hassan came out of yeah, yeah. the cult leader that we talked about that created the bike model so yeah. so they're coming out of the hippie hippie time more of like you know psychedelic time yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know why it happened but yeah so they also call each other brothers and sisters um the children were left a lot um you know, in the church so that the parents could do mission work, which is also similar. Um, they do a lot of repetitive Bible studies over and over and over and over and over, and over again, strong Korean culture. Um, they have their own like special language, special special culture. And you know what I noticed? They have a lot of banners. Huh. And the Church of God has a lot of banners too. Like every time there's an event, there'll be a big banner. You know, we would have to create all these big banners. We would make them. And it was it was so crazy. Uh, but I noticed that too. So there's a like so many similarities of these of these churches, okay. Then, do you want to say anything else about them? Oh, uh, yeah. So were they the ones in in the 1980s? Oh. Was there also so when I in when I was researching your church when you first went in, mm-hmm. I confused the 1987 suicide. And so that was the Moonies that that happened in? No. So uh, that was the other one. That was, um, that was um, the Evangelical Baptist Church, oh, you? the Young yeah. Young Church. That was yeah. actually, I thought it was your church that that happened. Mm-hmm. And it really scared me because I was like, well, it already happened. But for a little bit, I thought that you got like your church had a student. No, it's Thank so, you. no. But it's so funny because when we would go preaching, they would say, oh, you, you guys are the Moonies. And I'd be like. We're not the Moonies, they're a cult. They're crazy. And well, now like, you're like, Oh wait, we believe in literally almost Yes, almost exactly the same thing. And then when you see like their videos and stuff and it's just so exactly similar. I mean you it's so crazy. It's so interesting. Like even the way An Sang Hong and Sun Myung Moon, like the way that they look, the way that they carried themselves, the way that they spoke, it's so similar it's is interesting there any, like evidence of them overlapping like meeting each other or knowing each other i don't know that's a really great question not that i've not that i've come across right but see ansang was really into the seventh day adventist which is a little bit different than like the regular christians so i don't know that he would have gone in the same circles i'm not exactly sure another thing that the moonies um believed was that um you know reverend moon and his wife were The last Adam and the last Eve, like second Adam and second Eve, which was one of our main Bible studies in the Church of God. So when I heard that, I was like, what? Yeah, that's our Bible study, you know, so it's interesting. And then there's another one that is very similar. That's Shin Chunji. And that is getting a lot of. um, It's getting a lot of heat lately in the news. So you guys might have heard of this. So this one is founded by Lee man he and he's still alive he's in his he's in his 90s and he established this church in 1985 in Korea he claims he's the messiah also that he's Christ and they focus on prophecy they focus on revelation a lot they focus on um, apocalyptic bible study they're very secretive so you have to go to like a six-month bible class I think it's two or three times a week. They're very intrusive in your life. They're very controlling in your life. And they do a lot of like really creepy secretive things, you know, kind of try to trick the people into who's a member, who's not a member. It's it's all very yucky. And um, and then after six months, they finally tell you who they are. So you study with them for six months before even knowing which church you're, you're studying with. And then mm-hmm. after six months of hearing their teachings, then then they tell you who they are and then i think then i think you get back so they have a video um just kind of showing how they spread throughout the whole world and stuff and when i saw that video it was exactly the same kind of production that the church of god would have put on and it's just mind-blowing it is just mind-blowing how similar it is so uh but they're in jail right now he's not in i don't think he's He either went to jail or is like pending going to jail. Yeah, so he also got in trouble for, uh, you know, money fraud and stuff like that. I don't know the details of it, but. And spreading COVID at the beginning. And spreading COVID, yeah. So that's what they're in trouble for. Yeah. It's because they have big, huge mass, you know, gatherings. They also have feasts and ceremonies that they have to celebrate. And so um, I think in the beginning of COVID, they weren't wearing masks. They were still gathering in large groups and COVID just spread throughout their churches they linked a bunch of like the original cases in south Korea to that gathering right government was like we need a list of all of your members and the guy was like i'm not doing that and that was why he got in trouble because he wasn't providing them with like um the tracing information to go back and say we need to know who was there so that we can kind of definitely stricter in korea than here you know (gasps) Here they're like, oh, you might have been exposed. We don't know. (laughs) Just stay home for five days in case. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. But, yeah, so that was very, oh, you know what I did want to talk about? The Unification Church. Well, let's go back to the Unification Church because after Sun Young Moon died, there was a division in his church also. So after he died, um, he kind of gave authority to one of his sons. His name um, is Hyung Jin Sean Moon, they call him Sean, Pastor Hyung Jin Sean Moon, and he started his own church, you guys, sort of like a branch off of the Unification Church, and it's called the Sanctuary Church, but then there was also a branch of people that stayed as the Unification Church, so they are very intense. So they read the book of Revelation as kind of like a call of action and like an army call. And when they read it, there's this part in the book of Revelation that talks about rod of irons and they believe that those are guns. And so they bring their guns to their church every time that they come to church and they bless their guns and they wear crowns of bullets and they believe, you know, that he is, you know, the new Christ and she is the new mother, I guess. And so they sort of still follow the teachings, I think, of the Unification Church, but it's more, you know, intense. And then you add in some guns and some weaponry and some ammunition. What you got? It's more violent. Yeah, so that one is really, really, really crazy. And you can see how they progress, you know, over time. But, um... So Lee, man, he he is in his nineties, and he, you know, he will die soon. And what will happen? I'm not exactly sure. Didn't you say that they had somebody lined up to take over when he died? Yeah, Kim Nam Hee. I don't know if that's a man or a woman. Yeah, so they do have a plan for him. Yeah, what I what I read about their kind of their doctrine is uh, that he's God, that the world has already ended, and this is we're in Revelations right now. Um, and then he's like the prophet who overcomes in Revelations, mm. and uh, that he's not supposed to die. But they're right now switching power to Kim Nam Hee. Mm. Um, and oh, he's not supposed to. But just in case he does, they have somebody the like lined up to take over because he's getting old. But he's not supposed to. Like, they have been teaching that he's not going to because we already are, like, in the, we're like in Revelation. But they compare this church to the Islamic, like, how the Islamic state in the Middle East is. Mm -hmm. Call it the Christian state in Korea. That's that's crazy. That's so extreme. extreme, Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's so interesting, you know, all these similar groups, similar times in history. Under the same kind of apocalyptic influence, you know? And it's like, I don't know. It's interesting. So one, I just, was there one more that you had that you wanted those, to talk about or the three you had? Those here? are the three main ones. Yeah. I just, I think, I just want to put this information out there for any, you know, current members or members that are leaving because, like you said, for me, this was just so like mind blowing and eye opening. You know, to see like, oh, my God, they're also claiming to be one hundred and forty four thousand. Like to me, I just didn't think that that was happening. I don't know why. I didn't think that other people were Jehovah believing in Witness father mother. Follow that. Right. Is that Jehovah Witness? That's like one of their big doctrines is the one hundred and forty four thousand. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So let me explain something that I kind of was talking about earlier. All of these churches are very proud of their Korean, um, Korean foundation. They all believe that it's a sign that they are the truth. And they use these verses in the Bible saying that Christ will come from the East. There's a lot of references in the Bible about the East, the Far East. And so every single one of these, you know, preachers, they use it to um, justify the reason why they are the Christ, why they are the truth. And see, after 1945, Korea exploded economically in every way. You know, uh, they were just able to grow so quickly. I mean, their economy grew so fast. When you, when you go to Korea and you see how advanced they are in their technology and their capabilities and their education, it's amazing. And so they believe that that's a sign of God, that that is a sign that God chose them and that God chose that specific person and that specific prophet. And that like because remember how you said, like when the ferry um, capsized and I was like, look, all eyes are on Korea. Like every time something happens in Korea, every time anything happens in Korea, it's a sign that, you know, um, the whole world's eyes are on Korea. And so, you know, everybody is. Is seeing god's glory unwittingly like the olympics were in korea so that was a huge big thing and then whenever like k-pop is mentioned that's a huge big thing or even like the squid games i heard that they were like talking about the squid games and how like that gave them so much like um you know popularity of korean culture but we were like did you ever watch squid games which i didn't you know but i heard it's extremely violent yeah It was a Chad who was like, I feel like they probably didn't watch Squid Games. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I think it was Chad were talking about that. And he's like, yeah, if they if they watched it, I don't know that they would be as proud to claim it as like, look at it. See, it's like bringing attention for sure. So that's that's something similar in every single one of them um, that they, you know, use the Bible to justify why Korea is blessed. But if you if you look at the history of it and you take away like the actual if you look at it just from a historical point of view, it makes sense now like how how these crazy I'm using quotes like these crazy doctrines came out of it because you know they they were introduced to this fairly new concept of Christianity. They come from you know thousands of years of their own religion that sort of, like, includes the people and also, like, the female version of it. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of femininity in, like, the Eastern religions and, like, the tribal shamanism, like, the shamanistic, like, religions. And so you can see how they intertwined their own version of theology into Christianity. And how, how it's like an Eastern slash Christian concept now. Right. You know, they, so... Yeah. And when you can see like why it took off was like the Japanese, you know, trying to force their culture on them. And they're just like, well, we don't want that. Let's like take on this, this other totally different. Right. And they just loved it. And, you know, it's so interesting when you go to Korea. They love you, like even people that don't belong to the church, um, like when they see and not maybe not so much anymore, But when I went like years and years ago, I don't know, because there's not a lot of foreigners in Korea. There really isn't. So when they see foreigners, they are really. um, surprised and like they really appreciate you and they want to talk to you and they want to know you and everything. And it's really cool. They're really interested in you. But see, in America, we're used to like walking down the street and seeing all different kinds of people. And I remember I was with this really, really beautiful. African American girl and she was so tall and so beautiful but I felt so bad because they would take pictures of her just randomly walking down the street because they had never you know seen somebody of her color and her size and her beauty before you know so it was really interesting it was really interesting um and I think it's important to remember all of these things when we're contemplating our salvation you know like don't put all your trust into a religion until you really understand the historical context of it and you know why it was founded in the first place and all the history of where your church comes from. It's, I think it's important. Yeah. And when they like go out of their way to like keep some of that secret, then you got to wonder like why that's not. Well see one of the main church, one of the main Bible studies is that the true church is called the church of God. So the church of God, and that's all that you're taught. So we're taught that our church is called the church of God. So then when you hear that the church had different names you're yeah. like, what the hell? And see, I was in the church for at least 10 years before I heard any of this. Yeah. And it's like, why was it hidden for so long? If it has an explanation, then like, it shouldn't be a big, a big secret. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Cool. I love it. So if anyone has any like more information about this or if, or there, not- if you guys are interested in hearing more, you know, we could do more research, but we could talk can hear- about this for days yeah send us an email if we like said something incorrect or um you know we're going off of like the few the few like scholarly articles we tried to go as like per you know as as legit uh research as we could but and listen it's not easy to get information from 1918 korea okay like <laughs> uh, you know yeah there's been j- japanese control and then a Korean, you know, Korean war and all kinds of things that have happened. So it's hard to get information, but as a broad general idea, this is sort of, you know, the history of all these different different religions that came out of there. Yeah. It's fascinating. And I know that we're leaving so much out. There's so much to talk about, but, but I think that it really puts it into perspective, you know, and um, puts it into context of you know where these where these people are coming from
1: yeah um
0: girl i think we covered a lot of i think we covered like the basic yeah you want to um you want to announce like our up and coming stuff you guys we have an announcement so this is our season opener and we opened it just talking about the church okay and i am scared of any type of backlash but listen we're not doing anything wrong i'm just telling my story i have a right to tell my story I'm not slandering anybody or whatever. You know, one of the things you guys that I am really, really sad about, and I know I talk about it all the time, but I'm just, I'm just really missing people there a lot. I'm missing, I'm missing my pastor and his wife, which is so interesting because they were really the ones that, um, that caused a lot of damage to me, but they they're also ones that showed me a lot of love and like, I really miss them. I was really close to them. I miss them a lot. I've been missing them a lot lately anyway. um, So that's something that's heavy in my heart lately, but um, back to what we're talking about this season, we're going to have a lot of things happening and we're going to be doing a lot of new interviews with, uh, we have a few interviews lined up. And last season we talked to people who were really far along in their process, you know, of, of their journey of of life after a cult i think this next season we're gonna speak to people who are in all kinds of levels of their um process you know people who are newly out people who've been out for years so it's gonna be interesting to talk t- to talk to them hear their stories um and we're gonna talk to people who were like never even in the church but yeah. are to this in a different way yeah I'm really exciting. One of our one of our uh up and coming interviews that we got yeah so, another thing, you guys, we're going to do a book club because we just love books and it's our podcast and we can do whatever the heck we want to do. <laughs> the other day, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts. It's called 10% Happier with Dan Harris. Have you ever heard of that one? Uh-uh. Dan Harris, he's a famous um, journalist. He was a TV anchor and he had a panic attack on live TV. I think he was on Good Morning America. He had a panic attack and he is really open about his struggles of anxiety. And he started a podcast called 10% Happier. And he had these guests on and they're sisters. Their names are, and I, I, might, I might pronounce it wrong. Emily and Amelia um, Nagosaki. Nagoski. Nagoski. I think it's Nagoski. Nagosaki. <laughs> they're sisters. And they wrote this book together. It's called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. And when I heard him talking on this podcast, I was like, oh, my God, we have to read this book sisters i love that they're sisters they're mm-hmm. like polar opposites like one one is uh like a a teacher and one is um a, i don't a doctor right i just read it i can't remember what they, what they were but anyways they're like polar opposite like um professionally which i love and they're hilarious i think it's pretty funny i didn't, I didn't hear them yeah. talk but i like yeah. that they wrote this book together yeah the book is pretty funny yeah so uh if anybody wants to pick up a copy it's called burnout the secret to unlocking the stress cycle we'll post it on our uh, page on our pages yeah and let's read this book yeah i just started it last night me too and then also tony and i are going to be on a different podcast in march coming up in a few months uh we're gonna individually do a podcast which is going to be interesting because i don't know what i'm gonna say without tony (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys, I am so excited. I don't know. I don't know how much we're allowed to talk about it, but it's one of my favorite cult podcasts, and we're gonna be on it. We're gonna have two episodes, and I'm so excited. The girl who hosts it is amazing. She's um yeah, she's amazing. Okay, you guys, the name of her song, the name of Amani's song is Watch Me Still Continue on Growing. Watch Me Still Continue on Growing, and we're gonna play it for you guys exclusive right here. Yeah. So Keep listening. Um, Do you got anything else that we want to say? I don't think so. I don't think so. We're going to see you guys soon. Our next interview is later this week. I'm really excited. Yeah. We'll see you guys soon. Um, Have a great week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making this so much more fun than we originally had planned. We made this podcast thinking like 10 of our family members would listen. And it's just been so exciting to see it grow from there. Yeah, Yeah. 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 And, uh, Email us if you're listening from out of the country, because that's just that'd a be podcast. cool. I don't know. I don't know anybody in New Zealand. I don't know anybody in Canada. Malaysia. Don't know anybody there. Malaysia. Belgium. We found, out, we found out who's listening in Poland. What's that? Yeah. Shout out. Shout out, family. Yeah. Love that. Our cousins. Our cousin, our cousin and his wife are in Poland right now. Yeah. And they're listening. Exciting. So that's cool to see them pop up on our little, like, geography thing, I'm like, that's pretty cool that we know that. Yeah. Well, everybody be safe, okay? Wear your mask, be safe, get give vaxxed, give if back. you want. I'm not forging you, I'm not forging you, just if you want. You just should. Okay, just for humanity. Should. All right, girl, I'll talk to you later. Everybody okay. enjoy the song. Tony, how did it take us an entire season to get political here? Right? It's only it taking that. this long. I've wait, wait, got so much more to say. I'm, no, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Boom, Boom. Boom. Baby. baby. God, why can't I think of this story? I think I did get kind of high. Hold on. la 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 you scared my dog with your singing do something beep 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 that annoying? Does that help you though? Uh attempts not not with my singing that i was doing earlier